What's going on, everybody? Brian Zimmerman here, host of Jazz is Live and executive editor of Jazz is Magazine, wishing you a happy Labor Day. Uh, happy Labor Day to everyone out there watching. Uh, also, a happy birthday, Sonny Rollins, the saxophone colossus himself, the living jazz legend, uh, turns 90 years old today. So happy birthday to Sonny Rollins. And of course, happy Miles Monday, everyone. It is our favorite day of the week, Miles Monday the day we celebrate all things Miles Davis. And of course, to do that, uh, I am joined by our co-host, Vince Wilburn Jr., uh, drummer Vince Wilburn Jr., nephew of Miles Davis, Davis, and one of the overseers of the Miles Davis estate. He will be here to celebrate Miles along with Terrace Martin. Terrace is our guest today, um, and Terrace is awesome. If you don't know Terrace Martin, he is a multi-instrumentalist and producer who has worked on records with some of the most prominent artists in hip-hop and jazz. Uh, I'm talking Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg, The Game, Busta Rhymes, Stevie Wonder, Kamasi Washington, Robert Glasper, Herbie Hancock. Um, he's everywhere. He does amazing work. Whatever he touches turns to gold. Uh, he is a saxophone player himself, and his new album, Dinner Party, featuring Kamasi Washington, Robert Glasper, and producer Ninth Wonder was released in July. We're going to be talking to him about all that and, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Miles Davis. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome my co-host, Vince Wilburn, and today's guest, Terrace Martin. What's going on, guys? What's going hey. on? Hey, hey thanks for joining What's going on? Thank you. Thank you for joining me, everyone. Terrace, appreciate you coming on to uh, celebrate Miles Davis today. Appreciate that, man. It's all good. Hey, this is crazy. This is real life, though. My daughter's stuck on the toilet. Give me one minute. Let me, let me, let me. She's, I have been she's there, bro. Old. She's three years old. She falls in the thing still. Let me, give me this one is minute. a Miles Davis first, but I have been, let me tell you, I've been there as a father of two girls, including a three-year-old. This is real. This is some real life stuff. Uh, Vince, man, how did you first meet Terrace? Believe it or not, you know, it was word on the street, you know. I've been hearing yeah. about the young guns. Yes. <laughs> and and um before um everything's beautiful with Rob, with Rob Glasper, and maybe about eight years ago, I said, I said, Terrace, we should do a um a, a collaboration. So I'm like, man, I tell you what, let's meet at the uh, Soho house. You know, I wanna like lay it out and and uh, he and his manager at the time. And I'm like, man, we can meet out at, at, at Soho and have a great lunch and, and do our thing. I'm telling how we met, T. I mean, with the first meeting, T. So T, so T this boy's like, hell no, man. You got to meet us at the diner of La Tierra. So <laughs> picture this business meeting. Like, I'm trying to, like, be, you know, like, set it out and be all bougie and plush. Yeah. And I met T and his, and his manager at the time. Yep. At a diner on La Tierra off the 405. You sure did. And we, <laughs> and we sat and rapped, and it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. And it was real, you yeah. know. Yeah. And, and that was, that was I'll never forget it. You know. How long ago was that? About eight, seven, eight years ago, T. Okay. Yeah. Right? Okay. Right? Yeah. But this yeah. is before seven, Kendrick. This before Kendrick, you know. Yeah. But you know, when you, yeah. when you meet somebody and they have a, an impact or, or, or vibe, you know, and you kind of flash back on, on, on I flash back on myself and the, 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 I knew, I said, man, this cat is, is, is the one. And, you know, like at, at T in L.A., you know, word on the street, you know, who, who's, who's up and coming, who's got the, you know, got the fire. And yeah. his name kept coming up and I reached out to him and, and that's it. And we've been family yeah. ever since. I, call, yeah. I affectionately call him Neff, but he's, yeah. he's like a little brother, like a little brother to me. Yeah. Beautiful man. Yeah. Well, Terrace, hey, let's flash back farther. First of all, your daughter okay? Oh yeah, she's cool. all good. She's, she's, she's always cool. <laughs> she's just it's real dramatic. Your daughter and my daughter should hang out. They would get in some trouble, man. Let me tell right. you, because I've been right. in that exact situation. I have a three year old yeah. too. Um, <laughs> tell me about you growing up, man, and you know, because you've, I mean, you really are so diverse in your terms of the kind of music you produce and what you cover. So take me back to when you were a kid growing up and what the music in the house was. What was kind of your, what'd you fall into first, the hip hop side or the jazz side? Or both uh, at the same time? 
Nah, nah. I mean, I mean, jazz was always around because my father is a jazz musician and just a jazz. Like he, he just loves it. You know, he yeah. loves it. And a lot of my a drummer, family right? love it. Huh? Yeah, play drums. Drummer, yep, right? yep, 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 yep. Yeah, play, yeah. play drums, play drums. So he was always listening to a lot of miles, a lot of training, and everything like that. You know, as a kid, but gr growing yeah. up as a kid in South Central LA, I didn't really, you know, uh, I didn't come in. I didn't really come into that music till I was about thirteen years old. But I had heard it all my life, and I knew who these. It's like the way my father would talk about all the cats was like they was like cartoon characters and superheroes you know what i'm yeah. saying so I, I i i grew up looking at the music and looking at that art on such a high thing i just didn't understand it young and i wasn't into it um i was always into hip-hop you know my first time touching anything musical was like four or five years old six i got my first drum machine so wow. I, I i feel like my father planted the seed with jazz but i feel like uh q-tip a tribe called quest when check the rhyme came out that really had my head go and figure out because I was already sampling on my SP twelve hundred, but I was like these records, and I I started recognizing like like the red clay sample. Oh, yeah, like I know that baseline, yeah, yeah. I, I just started yeah. recognizing. I didn't know it was red clay. I didn't know it was Freddie. I didn't know any of the names, but I just this music just felt it just felt familiar to me. So when when Tribe Called Quest came on the scene, real real big, which to me was the second album after Bonita Applebaum. Yeah. I was in sixth seventh grade. And I remember hearing that record. And it just made me really want to figure out how they did that. And I found out how they did that was sampling jazz records. But I grew up in the musical family where everybody plays. So I think Tribe and my father playing that seed at 13, 14, it, it all just came together. That was you just know, perfect. Yeah. Well, interesting, it's, it's man. Like, I heard, you know, music. Yeah. I read a story that you used to shed, like, on the drum machine. Like, you would practice 12, the way cats practice, like, saxophone and trombone oh, yeah. hours and hours a day. You would shed on the drum machine and producing tracks. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was trying. I, I wasn't shedding. I was trying to make records. You know what okay. I'm saying? Yeah. I was. Yeah. I was. I was doing a million beats as I could because I was also loving. I love music, and I also love the things that that you could get from a good lifestyle of music. Like I say, I, I, I grew up in South Central, so my first my first influence to anything successful was Crips, right, Crips right. and the players and the pimps and everything like that. Right. So it's like I always I always love cars and nice clothes. You know, I tell everybody. Like in my neighborhood in the Crenshaw and Slauson area, like I know the world just knows gang banging, Crips and Bloods for one thing. But the cats in my neighborhood was the ones that played the good music. They was all great parents. They was all teaching us to do hmm. the right thing. None of them yeah. wanted to do what they had to do to survive, but but due to all kind of messed up stuff in America and different things. That, that's a whole nother interview. They was forced and driven to do certain type things to survive. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So those were those were my heroes. All, every all the gangsters were my heroes. So then, even going back to jazz and hip hop, everybody always asked me the question, "How do you do both?" But it never was both. Everything was just one. Yeah. It was like yeah. it was There's no separation. Know, right. Yeah. It was. It was. Just, it was just one. So for me, when I mean, I was on the drum machine every day because I wanted to be like Dr. Dre. Right. Uh, so I would just do beats every day. I didn't know that that was building in my young head. I didn't know that was building the thing of like shedding as we call it practicing yeah just staying on the path on yeah the path, you know so i just stayed on my path bro like it was for me it was either gang banging cripping to a high level getting killed or going to jail forever or staying and just producing those records taking all that information in that i'm yeah. seeing on the streets and putting it out on a record form so that was kind right. of my you know so jazz and the horn was just a, a extent really Honestly, man, the jazz thing was an extension of Easy E to me. Cause I, when you read about Easy E, when you read about Eric, you know, and like when you really get to know Snoop, and then when you dig into Miles Davis and Jackie McLean and them things, you realize the only difference is was an instrument. So true, man. It's just an so instrument. True. Yeah. Just, mm. And the instrument ain't bigger than a human being. So that, so I was, I was parallel in that stuff. Like, oh, okay, that's the so, oh, that's the same. So I could just be, oh, that's just being myself. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. So that's that's when I really just I, I I just fell into just really man like loving everything, man, you know. And that was that was something Miles Davis was like try, a point he was really explicitly making toward the end of his career. You know, mm -hmm. it was like these are not too far apart. You know, when he was doing the stuff with like Kumo D at the end. Um Easy Easy Mo Easy Mo B, right. Easy Mo yeah, B, yeah, right. Easy Mo right. B. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Were you digging that stuff too? Terrace? I was you, you know what's funny. <laughs> As much as I'm into hip hop, I didn't, I didn't, 
uh, that era of Miles Davis, I, I, I didn't get to more of that era until my adult life. Although as a young yeah. kid in L.A., Miles, a lot of, lot of cats don't know that wasn't around in the 80s and 90s, early right. 90s. Right. Miles, to us in the ghetto that didn't know jazz, that didn't know those different words as a young kid, we didn't look at Miles Davis like a jazz musician. His video right. doo-wop jazz was coming right. right after Father MC or NWA videos on Video Soul and everything else and, and Rap City and all these other little different things like that. So Miles wasn't separated from the gangster shit or the hip-hop music that was going on at that time. Right. So I was, I, was, I was into it, but keep in mind, I was real young at that time. By the time I started playing and getting into it, I was, I was, I remember, I remember when I first got on my own Miles Davis page, I would go down to Tower Records and I would look at, you know, things like cooking, steaming, all them records and everything right. like that, you know, or like, like when my first time here in Cannonball was the something else record, you know, and that was the Miles Davis group, right? Cannonball, just Cannonball right. being a leader. All that was mm -hmm. cool. But when I heard the plug nickel, it reminded me of fuck the police instantly. When I, heard the plug wow. nickel, yes. yeah. when I heard the plug nickel, that was beyond music to me. That was like, I feel like the plug nickel and a love supreme, those two jazz records changed my whole trajectory on what I felt jazz was supposed to feel like, what it was supposed to be saying. It felt like everything that Dr. Dre easy, easy, and then was saying without words to me. So I gravitated towards mo more at that time. The Miles Davis from literally 64 to 69. And then right. when I got a little older, I started gravitating Miles from 70. I'm very specific about these records. From <laughs> 70 until he retired. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. I went to a stage. Yes, yeah, 74. And then I went to a mm -hmm. stage. When he had Kenny Garrett, because then it mm -hmm. was like, whoa, he doing like, okay, he just, I I didn't know this word at the time, evolve. I didn't know that word. I didn't know what it was to, yeah. why he grew his hair, why he got more flyer, why he playing uh, uh, the Cindy Lopper Cup, why he, I didn't know. But all I knew was that they took these songs and was full throttle playing them with the same spirit that I felt that plug nickel we're gonna try something different with so that 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 was my that's my gravitation towards towards that you know what i'm saying yeah it was that's uncomfortable it was it was uncomfortable and i grew yeah. up uncomfortable so i related to that yeah i hear you i, man. Got, a Evolve. I got a question i got a question t go ahead Vince. Um, hey t uh nephew what there's no separation in your in your opinion is there any separation hip-hop and jazz nah Nah, yeah. no. Thank you, thank you. Nah, the only time you I had separate, a long talk with Quincy Jones about that. Nah, man. Only time you separate anything is yeah. when you want to control something, man. That that, right. that and exactly. it's, you can't you can't separate that. I'm 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 I don't know about anybody. I'm talking for my life. I'm I'm not talking what I read. I'm talking what I live. It's no separation. Mm -hmm. It's all it all comes mm -hmm. from. First of all, we all gospel babies. Gospel blues, jazz, funk. We all them babies. Like I tell everybody. When this cold-blooded system thought they was doing something crazy by getting rid of all the instruments and the music programs in the ghetto, they left albums and turntables. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like yeah. it's, it's it's the same mindset and it's burnt out of the same place. To me, like exactly. I, like exactly. I don't it's, know it's, it's funny you say that. No, no, it's funny you say that because in Chicago, I, I and I I had a I had a, I did an interview and I said that. If they didn't, if, if they continued to have social studies after school programs banned, there wouldn't be as much violence on the street with these kids. They don't have any, they don't have anything, anywhere to go, anything to do. You I know, mean, it's nothing um, to do. Yeah. We had talent shows, we had we had band. They the first thing out in these the good bag in these in, in education is phys ed and music. Mm, yep. Right. So right. what else right. is there to right. do? I'm glad you 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 said that. Uh, yeah, my second question yeah. is: How when when did the 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 uh, the, um, the uh, meeting of Billy Higgins in the world stage? When did how old were you when that all came about? The first year I started. And, 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 and please, please explain to our listeners what the world stage and you know what it is. The, the world stage I know. is 
the world stage is a perform was a performance gallery is a performance gallery on 43rd and Dagnan. And uh, some would call it West LA, some would call it South Central. Um, I like to think of it as what my brother Nipsey Hussle used to always say, the West Side of South Central. And um, it, 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 it's, it's the heartbeat for Los Angeles culture on that side of town. And he built the place along with a dear brother by the name of Kamal Daoud, a poet. And uh, I think it was uh, 89 or something. I could get that one year mixed up, but um, it was it was in the Crenshaw district. I grew up in the Crenshaw district. Billy Higgins lived in the Crenshaw district. So, you know, it was like, you, you always heard, like when I first started playing, you know, my friend, man, you got to go down to the world stage, man. You got to, that's where you should be going down. And, uh, you know, Billy lived right around the corner from his almost next door. So I would always see him in and out, never knew he played drums, never knew anything. But by the time I got to the world stage young, I was like, oh, that's that same, you know, you know, that's, that's the older gentleman the that lived up yeah, the street. Yeah. And he got on the drum wow. and, and started, ah, 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 yeah, yeah, man, you, you smoking, baby, ah, ah, yeah. smiling and swinging, you know, nobody got to, you know, I mean, it's a few cats that, that ride symbol, you know, you got Tony Williams that'll, that'll destroy a country with a ride. And then yeah. you got Billy Higgins that'll sweep them all up and, Throw him out the way with his rod. So you got power. But with Roy, Haynes, my favorite ride symbols are Roy Haynes, Elvin Jones, Tony Williams, Billy Higgins. I'm just talking about the ride alone. Yeah, there you go. But anyway, but, but, but hey, hey, T, we can't live out. We can't leave out Jimmy Cobb on count. Jimmy Cobb, oh, I was gonna say. No, yeah. No, no, no. We can't leave out, <laughs> out the Spangle Lane Kang, baby. Right. But so uh, how but, did you? How did you? So, and, and so. With the with the go ahead with the Billy, but touch on that. So but with Billy the Billy spot, thing. go ahead. Uh huh. So uh -huh. Billy had a spot at the world stage. He had a spot that uh -huh. we we would. Uh, it was a hip spot. My first time going there, man, was, was a Thursday night uh, about eight o'clock. Uh, you know, I, I was able to get out the house, and I had to be 13, 14 years old. And I'm looking in the window, and you know, the first person I'm seeing in the window is Willie Jones the third and James Mahone at the time. And, and yeah. all, all these guys that had a group called Black Note, which turned me out on a whole nother mm -hmm. level, like mm -hmm. another level. But um, and then Billy walked in, man, and I, you know, I didn't know who he was, but I know whatever he was was powerful because when he walked in, everybody looked at him and smiled. Mm. And then he just got on the drums, and I never forget, man. He got on the drums, and he just, he just, it was, it was a blues, and he was swinging the death. And when he got off the drums, he was. His spirit felt like the way he was swinging, you know, and I was young and I, I didn't know how to how to how to even put these things in the words like that. But it was such an awesome anointing over Billy Higgins that when I saw him, I said, man, Mr. Higgins, you know, I'm Terrace Martin, you know, and he was like, oh, I've been hearing about you for a couple of months. You the young guy been down here playing, you know, you know, I used to be, you know, bebop was my thing every day. Either bebop or, or N.W.A. <laughs> Snoop or bebop, you know what I'm saying? There you go. Right, right. So I was just young going over there, man. And I, and I went over there from 13 to 14, five nights a week till I was like 18, 19 years old, you know, over there. Then I would at that place would close about 12. Then we would go to the jam session at 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. at Fifth Street Dixon. I was 14, 15 years old, still going to school every day, but still hanging out the jam session. You know what I'm saying? You wow, know, man. and just and really trying to work out. Man. So Billy was like a pillar, man. Billy really showed all of us how it was done. And he would come back with the New York stories. And that's how all the L.A. guys got hip to New York, really, because he would come back and say, you know, when I'm going to get y'all together. When y'all really ready, y'all y'all got to go to New York. Matter of fact, Terrence, come to my house, and every week we're going to learn a monk tune. And I started learning all these obscure monk tunes, like a tune called Skippy and all these other different monk tunes that people wasn't playing and different things like that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, matter of fact, I, I remember the first day, that's when I, I got everybody I know in jazz, I – I really got turned out in Billy Higgins' living room. Like when I first heard of Cedar Walton, he was coming in and we was all eating together. When I first met Jackie mm. McLean, he was coming in town eating at Billy's house. You know, wow. Charles Lloyd, Elvin Jones, anybody from that world, it was through Billy. And I used to just follow him around and just be with Billy everywhere I go and just really learn about the music, learn about the art. Whatever Billy Higgins told me, I would go do it. If it was learn about Sonny Stitt, learn about Sonny Chris. Learn about Eddie Cleanhead Vincent, not the blue side. Learn the blue side, but also learn about the other shit Eddie Cleanhead Vincent wrote. Learn about other different things like that. Learn about Hank Mobile. He used to he loved George Coleman's playing. So he would he would nail like you gotta share with George Coleman. And nobody else around me knew who these cats were, but I would be young 
hearing all these things. And I, I never forget, man. I was dating a girl when I was 15 and she bought me a tape for my birthday and the tape and, and the tape was a, a Lee Morgan, the sidewinder. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and that was mm -hmm. Billy Higgins, you know, on yeah. you know, the sidewinder. And when you study that beat now, that beat's not that people think that ding, ding, they go, don't go, go. They're not listening to that rise symbol. How was it? It's tricky what Billy was doing, and I was just intrigued by his high level of skill, but his high level of human being shit. That was my thing mm -hmm. with him. Mm -hmm. So Billy, Billy, very musical, very musical. Very musical. Yeah. Every, every time he walked, very musical, and he had that spirit with everybody, and that's and that's just what I walk with, and that's how I met Kamasi and all them down in Lamert, you know. And Billy right. always taught me find you a crew, assemble you some guys that y'all could play every day. You got to play every day. He would tell me that him and Ornette. Would play every day. He would go to Sonny Rollins' crib. Happy birthday, Sonny! Happy birthday to Sonny Rollins too. That's right. We're ninety years young today. That's right. You know, he would go to Sonny Rollins and play all day. He would go to Billy said you find you a. He said in New York, they would just play all day. So I, I was taking all those things he was telling me, and I just start assembling my crew with me, Kamasi, Rhino, Thundercat, and met Robert Glasper, Keon Harold. Brandon Owens and, and we I always took the Billy thing with even to this day we don't play every day but we talk every day and we definitely doing a record every day but it's the same concept of Billy Higgins where get together with your guys so you can form a sound you got to form a sound yeah. whatever music you do yeah. you got to form a sound you know and then you start reading you find out when Miles calling everybody over to that damn apartment downstairs <laughs> you understand what I'm saying yeah. Tony and Herbie and them while he upstairs listening and you be like oh Billy was right. That's how you find a sound. Yeah. So I just uh -huh. took that in. I was like, you know what? Even to this day, man, I work with Travis Scott, everybody. And I always say, it takes me about a week to warm up. They say, why? I say, because we got to find a sound. Find a sound. Mm. It comes from the personalities. Yeah. You know, like a Duke Ellington playing. thing. It comes from the personalities. Yeah. yeah. It grows organically. Did you have someone like that on the production side? You know, yeah. somebody who, so who took you under the wing as a producer? Who? Uh, Battle Cat, man, DJ Battle Cat, okay. DJ Battle Cat, and Snoop right Dogg, Snoop Dogg, okay. and Battle Cat. Because as, as I'm learning jazz, 13, 14, 15, at 16 years old, seven, 17 years old, I got with Snoop. But I was praying to work with Snoop this summer. I fell in love with the saxophone. I was praying, like, God, I hope I get to do beats with Snoop Dogg one day. So, so when the creator delivered me the saxophone which is a whole nother story in itself i was dealing with a real a real decision on if i'm a if i'm gonna do this cripping thing or if mm. i'm gonna figure out this other way because i don't want to get killed and go to jail but man what else i'm gonna do and i swear when i when i told god i was like god hook me up bro i don't know shit i'm fucked up out here like give me something to do seventh grade that summer for some reason bro for some reason i just saw a saxophone and said oh but I've been seeing wow, saxophones my whole life. Right, the right. Thing Why ever. then? Yeah. You know, and you know, so, but uh, Battle Cat and Snoop Dogg was really the two guys that was like my my addiction. They still are. I talk to them every other day. Uh -huh. you know, so well, wow, cool. man. How'd you go from, you know, making beats, wishing to play with Snoop or produce for Snoop to actually producing for the guy? How'd that happen, man? Because my brother Marlon, he's a little older than me. He was always he was he been doing records with Snoop since '95. Okay. So, so you where where you live at? I'm in Miami. Okay. So the LA culture in general is a strong recording culture, which means yeah. is the grand our grandfathers, our mothers, our everybody has been at least most at one point in time in the '80s. Everybody black had a house, and every other household was a musician. I, I grew up in the neighborhood. Barry White had a studio. James Gasson lived three mm. doors down. So everybody I grew up with, family was a musician. In the 80s, right before crack came in, everybody mm. black had a house in South Central. And a lot of cats was either service people for teachers, yeah. but a lot of cats was in the entertainment business because Los Angeles is, is just, that's the that's our culture. Right. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. my brother was just in the game and I knew I, knew I was that close. But I also knew I didn't have a skill level. I didn't have a sound yet. Going back to Billy and Miles and the jazz teaching, I didn't have a sound yet. Once I figured I was ready for a sound, I went to my brother. I said, hey, man, I'm ready to, to submit some stuff to Snoop. I'll play the horn in Snoop Band. I'll play keyboard in Snoop Band. I just got to get to Snoop <laughs> yeah. and give him these beats. So the whole reason why I got hired with Snoop and played saxophone and keys all them years was for the one day I could give him 
a beat tape, a beat CD. Yeah. For the and then when I got with him in seventeen, man, my life went, my life changed. And Snoop was a Miles Davis fan. Snoop is the one that turned me on to bitches brew on the. I was gonna ask. Yeah. Remember I told you. Remember I told you I left off of Miles in '69. Right. Snoop didn't know nothing about Miles before. Wow. Oh, so you turned each other on to yeah. So you turned them on. You turn exactly. him on to pre sixty nine. He turns you on to exactly <laughs> right on. And then you got cats like Battle Cat and everybody that knew just kicking that doo wop jazz because they would they, they love Easy Mo B, and they knew the legacy right. of Miles. So you so I got taught. It always came back to Miles Davis because he he it always went back to Miles with all these cats I was dealing with because he was the closest thing to hip and cool that the rappers and everybody else in other worlds could gravitate right. and feel a part of that without feeling like jazz is such a intellectual i can't right. get close yes. to it right and miles is like yeah i know all that shit but watch this Bang! one note yeah yeah and easy easy oh, did yeah. easy did flavor in your ear for craig Mack. easy did all the biggie small stuff you know and yeah, easy, easy was the, is a legend oh yeah big time he was uncle Miles audition uh hip-hop producers for two days wow and easy was the last cat and he got, came he got it. And, and Uncle Miles wow. come back. He got the gig. Uncle Miles said, "Come back the next day." Hey, Miles yeah. always yeah. had the same technique for getting the cat, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He could hear it, and and he heard something in Easy that he didn't hear in the other other guys auditioning. Yeah. You know, and he said, "Easy, come back the next day." And Easy got back, came back the next day, and got the gig. Wow. And we didn't fit. And and, and Uncle Miles passed away during Dubai. So a lot of mm. what you hear is, is is Moby. You know, we putting tracks down with uh, with uh, some trumpet um, parts that we found. You know, hey man, and uh, I remember the day we used to. Got, I, I remember the we day used to play. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold that thing, because we used to play uh, uh, Dubai when Uncle Mouse was in the hospital, over and over. That's why it's hard for me to listen to now. Wow, it was nineteen ninety one. But go ahead, go ahead, T. We was on. We was driving in the in a, on a Sunday afternoon. On Western and Imperial, about to go to Eddie's liquor store with my dad in the car, and and my dad got in the car. I said, "What's wrong?" Dad was young. He said, "Man, Miles died. Miles hmm. died." I said, "What?" I said, "You all right?" He was like, "That was it." He was like, hmm. and he looked at me and he was like, he was like, he was like, "Hey," he told me, he said, "All the shit I'm into you." He's like, "You see how Miles died?" He's like, "Hey." Hey, we gotta we gotta make sure them slots is filled up so that shit could keep going. My dad was on that right. young with me, like he said it Miles just died, like that, T. Huh? He said it just like he said it just like just that, like that bro. When my when wow. Miles died, that affected my household. That's not mm. that. my my household wow. is deep, bro. Like one, mm. we'll talk. My my shit is like it was militant, militant music for real. Mm. With with mm. it was very for real. Yeah. And so Max Max was playing out of Jazz and Drew. That was September 28, 1991. And Max did a, a, a hi-hat solo and dedicated to Uncle Miles. Then wow. he came out to Malibu later that evening and hung out with the family. Wow. We were all out of Malibu. Yeah. And Come cry on, like man. a baby. Cry like a baby. Yeah. Cry like a baby. That day. Yeah. Heavy, man. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. Hey, I want to talk about another connection. We're talking about all these connections to Miles Davis. Big one, you know, is Herbie Hancock. You know, because Terrace, you've worked with Herbie quite a bit. So I want to know kind of two firsts here. First of all, for people who don't know, I would love, Vince, for you to share the story of how Miles met Herbie and gave Herbie that famous call. And then Terrace, I'd love to hear how you hooked up with Herbie. Okay. I, I think I think from Donald Byrd, right? You heard it with Donald yeah. Byrd. Yeah, from Donald that, Byrd. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and, and Herbie was graciously asking Donald, could he, you know, he got a call from Miles. When you got yeah. the call from Miles, it was like, you know, cats, you know, Uncle Miles <laughs> tell people, Terrence, shorten at my house tomorrow. I see you and hang up. <laughs> Wouldn't give you an address. When you, right, T? When you give you a phone wow. number, you just, you have to find the address, yeah. find out where you live and, and yeah. show up. But yeah. I heard he, he got the gig from, from Donald Bird, Uncle Miles with yeah. Donald Bird and, and, you know, and yeah. uh, Herbie, you know, when guys talk about Uncle Miles, Herbie, Ron, everybody, it's like, it's 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 the admiration and respect yeah. that Uncle Miles showed them, and that to this day they still show Uncle Miles, and it's and it's really heavy. Um, 
Ron said it was, it, we, were, it was it, we, were, we were all chemists. And we didn't know how, you know, we were just putting these ingredients in every night and coming up with this, you know, yeah. these, these ideas. Yeah. And, um, and Herbie, you know, and those guys to me, see, it's, it's different from, from, I'm sure, the relationship with Herbie and T as with me because those guys are like iconic, but they're like family members, you know? And they're prolific, iconic artists, but it's like Uncle Herbie, Uncle Ron, Uncle Wayne, you know? Right. But but it, it's incredible the body of music, and and mm -hmm. and and you know that they that the Herbie's still searching. He's still moving moving the needle. Every day. Right, T. Yep. Every day. Yep. And that's Every all day, we yeah. all learn from Michael Myers. You said evolution. Yep. yep. But go ahead, T. I want you to talk about your relationship with Herbie. Herbie, yeah. Uh, I got with Herbie, I think like uh, six, seven years ago, man. How, like, how, how did he find you? Uh, Robert. I got a call from Keon Harold. They was all at a jazz festival, and, and Keon said he had her. He had her Miles. He had heard Herbie walk up to Robert's like, "Man, you know I could find Terrence Martin," and 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 he's act telling Robert about me, showing Robert all the music, all my music, and Keon's calling me like, "Man, I'm this is crazy," and I'm like, "Man, stop pulling my leg, man." <laughs> he like, "No, man, Herbie's asking about you. He's looking for you." You know, he said, "But wait." Wait till Robert tell you. You know, Rob, Rob, Rob got to get the information. You know, that's big, bro. You know, wait till Robert tell you to make uh -huh. sure it's right. So, all right. Is it Robert Bruner? No, no. Uh, Robert Glasper. Glasper. Oh, Glasper. Glasper. Okay. Sorry, Robert Glasper. So, Rob didn't call me for like four or five days. I'm calling him, hitting him around. How you doing out there? Everything all right? You hear anything new? He's like, nah. But one day he called me and said, hey, hey uh, I'm going to give Herbie Hancock your number. He's been looking for you. Um, I want to hook you up with him. I'm like, man, stop pulling my leg. And he he, he gave my number and, and uh, uh, Herbie Herbie didn't call me. Uh, Robert was in town a few weeks later at Capitol doing a record, doing a Blue Note record. And when I walked, he said, "Come down to the studio, come hang out." I was just hanging out, and he surprised me. It was just Herbie waiting to talk to me, and, and Wayne Shorter, you know, it was Wayne right there. And I I was just frozen, man. I was just so frozen. And, and the fact the cat knew so much about what what i've done he was well yeah. studied and i mean of course i i always say i've been knowing him before he ever knew me you know i've been you know i had just read his book <laughs> possibilities and everything and i i really studied like herbie hancock is was like is just my biggest one of my biggest biggest and not top influence out of the you know between snoop him and a yep. few other cats yep. so it was just a perfect match you know I, I went to his crib we talked for days we didn't even do no music for like a few weeks we just talked every day learned each other and played a little bit and we started writing some music you know um we got a lot of music now i remember me me him thundercat and vinnie Cayuta recorded so much music one day just 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 recorded all day yeah and 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 we every time i went over there for months and months we just kept recording every day recording recording till we it took us about a year and a half to kind of find the sound find the sound yeah mm, mm. uh-oh there he goes mm. That's pretty much how I how I, I, I heard. Wow, man! Huh? We got you. Okay, yeah. you're we back. You. We, we lost you for a second, man. but you're back. Is all that? Where's all that music? It's okay. in the can. Is it? Is it? You know what I mean? It's in the can because we, you know, we're, we're working on this. You're record. just finding your. You know, yeah. We are almost. We're, we're not. We almost. We got a sound now. We almost done with the record now. You know. All um. Right. You know, but but between that and then, I don't really go on. I don't go on tour, but I for him, I he asked me, man, would you you would you go on tour with me? I, I was before he said well I was like yep 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 <laughs> yeah, yep yep and yeah. it was the scariest shit of my life. What was Plan, the first I mean, night like being it, on that stage? Yeah. What was the first night like? And where were you? <laughs> it, it was really about the rehearsal. Okay. Okay. Because okay. people know the rehearsals where you 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 can't tell no lies at a rehearsal. That's right. No. No. You nick it. <laughs> you, know, you know. You know. Yeah. So between yeah. reading between reading all this new music. All, I mean, it was the first. It was for it was with the L.A. Phil, so it was mm, like mm. my first gig with Herbie was thrown into this his music, but then all this reading, all these others. I'm playing double keyboard, and well, I don't think he even knew. I never even played three keyboards in different parts. I just said I could do it. You know what <laughs> right. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. he must have believed in me because I, I ended up doing it. Then he said, "Man, I'm about to leave town, going to tour. You want to go?" And I I picked up my horn and started shedding again for a long time, learning his tones again. And what I realized. The more I learned Herbie songs without him, I realized I didn't know anything. 
you know. Mm. I've been playing all these songs wrong, wrong my whole life, just like mostly everybody else until you play with them, you know. Right, right. It's one thing to learn the dots, the black dots. It's another thing to yeah. play it with the guy like, or guy that actually like the, wrote it, yeah. Yeah, like just recently, well, last last, last year, right before the year, and we, I, we did this thing. It was me, him, John Petitucci, Brian Blade, and it was a Wayne. It was a Wayne Shorter uh, show, but we we had to play um, Fall, and okay. I'm I'm playing it. But at the same, it's me and Terrence Blanchard. I'm playing this shit, but I'm almost in tears, remembering where I was when I first heard Fall. Remembering how my father, and I'm looking at Herbie, and he's like playing it like it's brand new. Mm-hmm. He's playing shit that's not on the record because he plays it different now, and it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. But but in, in Miles and her, I mean, I keep saying Miles. God bless Miles and Wayne and all them. It's cool because you you can still see the lessons of Miles Davis in them. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you know, and it's yeah, it's, yeah. How, it's, so? Uh, how so? How um, so? Yeah. I can't give him too much, man, because that 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 particular quintet really has some secrets. Like really yeah. some things worked out um mm-hmm. that they worked hard for to get. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They really yeah. had some things worked out. I'm sure Vince know what I'm talking about. They had all kind of yeah, they, 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 it was like Ron said, it was chemists and, and they didn't have to look at each other. They, yeah. It was just the communication was right in the music. Right. And I it think Herbie like, yeah. said Herbie had a story about him comping behind Uncle Miles and he played the wrong chords right. And instead of Uncle Miles turning around or even looking at Herbie, he heard the, the chord, played the solo that fit the chord that Herbie played. So it wasn't a wrong chord, but you know what I mean? But they had yeah. this kind of telepathy on the bandstand, yeah. you know, that was Herbie, amazing. Herbie walks with that till this day. Right. It's like yeah. Yeah. he he any mistake, he loves all the mistakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He loves yeah. And, and it's funny, T, you said that Herbie Herbie never plays anything, you know, he didn't play, uh, for all tw- like, he, had, he put a new arrangement on it. He does that every time I see you all. He's putting yeah. new arrangements on everything y'all play. He doesn't even play Chameleon the same. You know? Never. A, water, a watermelon man is different. <laughs> everything is different, you know? You know? His never. go-to. Yeah. That's amazing, T, man. Hey, T, the, the tie-in with, with, with Kendrick and that I was just about clean. to ask you about Kendrick. Yeah, yeah. Yep. How did that happen? Tying to the re- the record or, or, or the relationship? The whole the whole relationship hookup. Oh, that's my homeboy. We uh, yep. uh, Top Dog Entertainment is is founded by uh, um, a Los Angeles superhero to me. He, you know, by the name of Top Dog, um, out of Watts, out the Nixon Gardens. He he's a Los Angeles superhero because he he's done so much for the community. He's he's given everybody. He he's just giving everything. Beautiful. He man. gives his heart. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's he's very he's very firm, but he loves hard and he gives the world. So that's a superhero to me. Yeah. You know, uh, so he he started a label called Top Dog Entertainment, I think in 2005. I came around like in 2006 with them, uh, through a friend of mine. And then um, you know, me and Punch is super tight. So that's Punch's cousin. Punch is the president of Top Dog Entertainment. At first, it was Punch just Jay which is where we had the diner. We went to the diner together. Yeah, exactly. Yep, you, yep. And, you and Punch. Yeah, that's 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 like that's my brother. That's beyond best friends. That's my man. We'd have been through okay. the mud together. Me and everybody over there. So we were just all just friends, man, doing music, trying to find the sound. Yeah. Even back mm. then, they'll tell you I was like, man, that's not putting nothing out yet. We got to find the sound, and they 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 was on that back then. So uh, you know, man, we just kept doing music almost every other day together, man, and just hanging out, and it, it was so. You know, Vince, how you talk about Herbie and them is so family. It's it's even it's even hard for me to explain them in such a deep level because it's just my brothers that that we start doing records. Uh, we start tearing up LA, tearing up our city, meaning like being everywhere, everywhere uncomfortable. We was in love, shit, gangster shit, whatever you wanted. That music was there. Uh, we was always giving good messages to the music of reality. And one day, you know, it caught the ear of the good doctor. You know what I'm saying? Dr. Drake, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is, which is uh, uh, definitely another one of my mentors and heroes out of, out of uh, you know, the Compton area. Um, well, he's an icon, but I'm just giving you the homegrown shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, Dre, Dre Hurst and Dre really understood what we was about. I just asked Dre. 
I was with Dre about two weeks ago and we had dinner. And I never asked him this because Dre is so hands-on with all the music he does, you know. And I asked him, I said, why weren't you, why did you trust us with, 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 with I said, with Good Kid, Mad City mm-hmm. and to Pippa Butterfly. I said, why did you trust us? You you didn't bother us. You didn't, you wasn't in there. And he said, it, he said, I I just knew it was something special. Mm-hmm. And it was nothing. It wasn't. He didn't enforce his genius on us or nothing. He just yeah. he let it sprout to where that that all that music happened like that. So we was able to have a creative hey. free space and do that. Yeah. T T dig this. Dre didn't mess with you, all right. Mm-hmm. Just like when Miles went upstairs, and he wouldn't play with right. with Herbie, and he let them play in the basement. He had the intercom on. Hey. Right. And you every did? time he was done, you, you send the song to Dr. Joe. You had to send it. You had to send it to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dig that. You know. And Christian and was know, saying was- the same thing. Remember, Christian Scott was saying the real elders, you know what I mean? They knew the best thing they could do was lay yeah. off and support. You and know, Drake, Drake got that, man. Because man, I mean, by the time we got, I mean, I'm on Good Kid Mad City. Everybody, by the time we 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 were crazy by the time we got the Tepepa Butterfly. We were right. already like, <laughs> ah! yeah, you know what I'm yeah. Saying? And we and we knew we knew the responsibility of using a certain palette of music that we was using to get that message across. We knew the responsibility of of the lineage where I come from. It's it's an right. interview that uh Kendrick did with 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 Rick with Rick Rubin and. He's talking about Miles Davis and everything. So we we was dealing with, we was heavy dealing with, uh, uh, you know, the plug nickel energy. The, right, right. Was Kendrick already hip to that? Was Kendrick already no, hip I, to that? Oh, okay. Not. I, I I turned them out. Okay. Right before that record, I start and then throughout that record, I started just feeding them, feeding them, yeah. feeding them, feeding them everything I could. Like usually, that's on every record. If we on some Sly Stone shit, that's my thing. Bam, bam, bam. If we on some gang <laughs> shit, man, whatever we own, whatever we own, my I feel like my job as his big bro and somebody that loves him and cares about what he sounds like to the highest level is to just inform him and give him everything I know. And I do extra research so I can give him jewels to make sure right. he has enough things that when he go out there and fire, you know, you, hey, look. You're not gonna see no holes in that boy. That's that's the baddest motherfucker touched the mic in a long time. Yes, sir. I didn't work, yes. I've worked with them all. I've worked with yeah. them all. He is how they describe John Coltrane. He really is in. He's saying right now, he's in the corner rapping right yeah. now and re- trying to figure out yeah. how is his message, how does he help young people get to the next level? How is that? Mm. And that's his not his main concern isn't wealth. His main concern is giving, and to right. me, that's that's why my main concern with him is always to give. I'm mean, even if I don't do a record with him, just let what's up, bro. Let me man. I, my text message is full of me just sending him records. Like right now, I'm sending him like I'm really on this obscure. Like the more unfamous Isley brother records I could find, that's what I'm listening to because I'm zoning out on Ernie mm-hmm. Isley's rhythm and his sound. That's what I'm yeah. on right now. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. You could tell it was this, like Coltrane and like Kendrick. It's the sound of someone trying to take it to another level, you know, that hasn't yeah. been done before, you know, Pushing just it, coming man. out of the box. Yeah. And that, and me, him, Soundwave, Thundercat, every, Kamasi, Kamasi Robbie Glasser, yep. everybody, you know, man, the biggest part about that crew, and not not because they all my brothers since 14, 15, but the biggest part about that crew, the why I could work with, I could make high level art. And get a lot of money with them is because the biggest ego in the room is the song. It's not us, mm. you know. Yeah. And once ego, once ego gets involved, you know, if, if people want to know the difference between self confidence and ego, ego stopped the motherfucking money. Right, right. Destroy those guys. It destroys. it destroys. So those guys have no ego when it comes to. It's like yo. Even if we argue, the point of an argument is trying to get to a solution. It's not to prove who's right, who's wrong. Let's get right. to the solution, and that comes out in that TDE music to me, and and, and my and that crew with Rob Kamasi, Thundercat, Soundwave, uh, Rock. It just all that just comes out where the biggest ego is the music, man. I'm so spoiled by egoless artists 
the minute I smell the ego, I drop the job, man. You can't pay me enough to deal with an asshole that gets in the way of the art. You can't pay right. me enough money. You just can't. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's big. And it goes back to what you're saying before. If the personality needs to be in service of the sound, you know, it's not anyone's show. Yeah. So yeah. you weren't surprised with the Grammys or the Pulitzer. I mean, you knew that was coming. No, fuck that. We're, <laughs> we're surprised about that. Because this, what I'm telling you is a feeling we really feel. We're not yeah, aiming. Yeah. yeah. We're not. Yeah, nobody's shooting with a Pulitzer. With that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had a guy, I mean, nominations for Good Kid Man City, but we we didn't win nothing. We 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 didn't really trip off of, we don't really trip off of wars, man. We we was always hoping we could just pay our mortgage on time and feed our babies and and take care of our mamas and daddies. We yeah. we were we wasn't really giving a fuck about none of those awards. We still not really giving a fuck about them because black people still getting killed every day. So the war don't stop shit to me. You yeah. see what I'm saying? So the Grammys is cool and God bless the Grammys and everybody else. But in a grand scheme of things right now, um, the, the things that's important is that message. Like it, it, it makes me feel good knowing when I hear we're going to be all right, that people like, like when I see a gang of brothers with guns, not shooting at the police and playing, we're going to be all right. Yeah. I be, I be like, I be want to tell the police that y'all owe us one. Yeah. 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 That song calm spirits and let brothers and sisters know we're going to be all right. The worst thing you want to mm. do is get an uneasy cat that don't know where he going to go. And then that's right. when the Wolverine and the wolf come out when the back right. against the wall. That yeah. song is a song to ease the pain of all these modern struggles and everything like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I see everybody talking about the election and I'm, I'm big on voting and everything. You know what I'm saying? But that song, we're going to be all right, is even for those that don't want to talk about the election because a big percentage of brothers and sisters don't think Republicans or Democrats is worth shit right now. All they right. have is brothers and sisters like Kendrick and Old Miles Records and Sly Stone Records and these other people that go here to go to go understand what's going to happen in life right now. So the power of the song is so crazy. And you can only do that kind of music, I believe, when it's egoless, when it's no malice, when the only expectation is yeah. to heal. So yeah. if, if a war has come with that, that's, that's cool. ego. I'm that's ego more, creeping in, though. Yeah, you can't I make it. Yeah. If awards come with that, you know that's cool. My whole I, I just need to make sure the royalties come in on time to pay the to pay the bank. You feel me? That's kind of my sure. thing. You feel me? Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, hey, the Grammys is the Grammys are nice. The Grammys are fun. They're nice, and it's a fun event and everything. But you know, I don't know if you have children, brother. But I I, I have five children, five black children. Most of them boys. I'm petrified yep. right now. I'm yeah, I'm man. I'm so scared yeah. right now. Yeah. But you know, but I come from a place where my fear reacts different than a normal person fear where I come from and what I represent. So the fear, just as much as it's humility, is also awareness. Hmm. You know, and it's also a strong sense of love and everything. So it's like, man, it's a scary time right now. If 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 if, if you're a young black man. It's, it's a chance, it's a 50% chance when I go yeah. to Chick-fil-A, if I get pulled over, I don't know if the cop gonna bust or I don't even know if he gonna get bust back on. I don't know. Right. I don't know. So going back to that, when it comes to awards, I can't even, man, even during that time, you gotta understand, we ain't never been on the up and up with none of this shit going on. So that's why we did that performance at the Grammys. We did the performance with everybody in handcuffs and said what we said to make awareness like, yo, it's people falsely in prison. Right. It's people in jail that didn't do nothing. It's people, it's broken households right now. It's no programs for the kids. The ghetto is still fucked up with a lot of different things. It's nothing going on. We need to make sure this message get out. So thank you for the award, Grammys. Good looking. The food is kind of cold, but everything else is cool. <laughs> but right now, we're going to use y'all stage to get this awareness out, to let it be known. Everything yeah. is cute, and everybody yeah. do cute performances, but fuck that. We didn't care if they shut us off, bro. We was like, nah. People yeah. need to no, that was this, huge, so man. inspire something to make people That was grow. huge. You feel me? So that's 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 where our whole mindset is for to pip a butterfly. All them records we do, damn records and loyalty, all these other records we do. The main thing, bro, is really just to inspire. That's how you live. If you're not inspiring shit, if you're not giving up shit, you're gonna die miserable, bro. The whole point yeah. to get all this shit is to give it away, bro. That's yeah, the whole point, right? That's important, yeah. man. And that's something Miles dealt with. That's something. Charlie Parker dealt with, Louis Armstrong dealt with. This has sadly right. been something we've been dealing with. Yeah. Everybody. You know? Yeah. You know? Everybody yeah. dealt with, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know that famous picture of Miles, you know, Miles with the blood dripping, you know? Yeah. 
outside of the club. Of yep. See, that's powerful yep. to me. You see yep. what I'm saying? I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't even like when motherfuckers repost that picture to me because I've, I've been to jail before, bro. I didn't been tripped on by the police, so I know that concept. Like, like yeah. it's not a game. Like, right. it's not a right. game out here. It's not. That ain't part of the music too. That ain't part of the shit. Right. That ain't part of that shit. It's it's not a game right now. So right now, everything I'm doing till I die, till I die is to help further my people. When I say my people, let me be clear with this statement. I'm a black man, but I'm also a man full of 100% love that's been around the world and have allies with different walks of life and everything. So now when I say my people, I'm talking about people full of love. Like right now, to me, it's not a black and white issue. It's us versus hate right now. That's yeah, the yeah. issue with everything. It's not Democrat, Republic. It's not none of that shit. It ain't even the fucking coronavirus. It's us versus hate. We have yes. to remove hate and rebuild a system. Those are the awards I'm into talking about getting. You know what I'm saying? You know what Absolutely, I'm saying? By the way, man. the Grammys, y'all need to put some more shit in the black community and programs. Grammys, y'all got all this damn black music on y'all show. Put some more things up in there, man. With love. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, T. They don't even have a jazz segment in the, in the Grammys live anymore. Not on the show. Not on the telecast. No. Well, hey, yeah. I'm going to keep it real, Vince. Well, they, they don't got a jazz segment live. But even with that, man, they got to rebuild that jazz system at the Grammys, though. Yeah. See, because it's like this, you know, I, I got in an argument with somebody else in Europe and it's like everybody, you know, people that, I don't know the people that vote in the Grammy room. I don't know, but I'm, this, this is a message to y'all because I know y'all listening because y'all fuck with my Uncle Vince. So I'm glad I'm on this show. I know y'all listening. <laughs> listen, listen carefully. Take your time, T. Miles Davis was in his 20s and his 30s playing that shit. Charlie Parker died at 35. Okay. This music that everybody listening to at 60, 70 was done by cats way young, growing. They wasn't stuck. They was Spangalane don't make it jazz. You wearing a, a boring ass Italian suit and tie don't make it jazz. What makes it jazz is the I dare you and the sense of creative freedom with different mixtures of walks of life in one. Jazz is a gumbo. Jazz is everything. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, remember when I first said when people start separating shit, because they want to control it. So yeah. jazz is trick. You know, you got you got even some cats like like man, like man, man, like Nicholas Payton. That's my big homie. He don't even say the word jazz because he, no. he, he Uncle got Miles his, calls his social music T. He, he social music, jazz. right? You yeah. feel me? Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. jazz so people can yeah. just understand what's you know going on. I don't I call it just the shit. You know, I don't know what That's I right. call it, but but <laughs> yeah. jazz, but but we just talking about the Grammys and all these awards and different things, but it 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 needs to be a change of the guard, man. Because what's going on is jazz is not on TV, and the cats that are getting jazz awards. Let's keep it real, man. These motherfuckers ain't inspiring nobody. Other musicians play their shit. What about stopping the riot? What about what about giving kids really some hope? Not yeah. another musician, some hope. I to play over some more chords. What about being a real person out here beside the musician? See, that's what I'm into persons right now. See, all these, like, I, I don't even know how the fuck you would give a jazz award, but that's a different thing. But I tell you what, if it's based on popularity and different things like that, the shit got to be restructured. You know what I'm saying? And jazz need to get out the museum and get back in the streets. And that's my, yes, yes. that's my cause. I'm taking jazz out of the museum where my, I, my granny them go to the museum. And I, I go too, but that museum is, is boring as fuck. It needs to be on the street. At the corner, that's why I always play jazz in South Central. I play it on the street. You will not catch me playing the Hollywood Bowl <laughs> on a Friday and not playing in Watts or Compton or L.A. for free that week. That's a fact. Shit, the next day. The next yeah. day. And let me tell you, hey, you're, when I play you're there, be on gang, show the next day, T. Gang bangers, people that are enemies, all walks of life come together and hear this music. It, it don't be no musicians in the crowd. Now, to me, when you can swerve over and inspire people that ain't got an instrument to think about something else, that's inspiring. And that's jazz yeah. to me, bro. Yeah. Jazz ain't playing for a little room full of three other cats playing trumpet, judging if you sound like Woody Shaw or not. Right. Right, man. Peace out to yeah. Woody Shaw. That's my, that's my, you know, Miles Davis, oh, Woody too, Shaw, man. Freddie Hubbard. <laughs> that's see, that's, a, that's see, a trilogy right there. What tattoos you got on you, man? Well, oh, my tattoo. Oh, 
Oh, you so got a Woody Shaw tattoo? You got Jackie Mac? I got I got miles right there. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. My, get, well, that's miles. Yeah. You can't can you see? That's miles. Yeah. And then yeah. I got my hero, my favorite, one of my favorite human beings beside music. My my like I think about him every day, every night, man. And that's that's Mr. Jackie McLean. Jackie McLean. Mentor. Now let me tell you, these tattoos been on me since 17. So this ain't no new shit. This ain't no that's right, man. This ain't no yeah, like you know, it's like you, you, it's you didn't you didn't put them on for the show, right? <laughs> I, yeah, it would, I don't do nothing for the show, bro. You know that. <laughs> I don't do shit for the show, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I, I show up on time. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, terrorist man. Speaking of new shit, though, I would love to just wrap here talking about the new record, dinner party. Let's go, dinner party, dinner party. Beautiful record, man. It, it's really like an Avengers Assemble type deal, man. You, Kamasi, Robert Glasper, and Ninth Wonder, who I love from Little Brother, man. Yeah. Um, tell me about how that kind of came together. Because you were starting, you were putting some of it together during lockdowns, right? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, man. It, it, the idea came together at first when me and Rob had the uh, me and Robert Glasper had the idea of putting together just a new type of group, a new thing with a DJ and different things so first it was me and robert the first idea was me and robert do a seven song album get a different producer dj every album so we could go into the okay. club and just get a dj and me and him no security no no uh no we was trying to make a gang of money on the road with a small group this is how yeah, it happens yeah. <laughs> so we, right. you know what i'm saying you know because we you know we we do pretty well we was like yo let's experiment with just like a few of us you know yeah man so then it was it started there man but the idea grew I was at Herbie Hancock's house one day and he was telling me how uh, originally the idea the Miles Davis tribute tour they did was originally going to have Miles on that tour. It was going to be a reunion band. Mm. But then, you know, I, I think Miles was with it. Then he thought about it like, man, fuck that. Uh, you know, I got to keep pushing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, with all due respect. So when Herbie told me that, I, I said, man, what if Miles would have dipped that? Like, oh my God. And it just made me realize, like, dang, Miles ain't even here no more to, to even get down with his folks. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. I, I need to get down with my folks. Let me let me get them in now. Let me just start recording everybody in now. Because I, I when, when, when Herbie said that, I, it was like, man, it was just like, man, I, you know. I mean, everything happens the way it happened. But I, it, it's just I, I just didn't want to miss a moment that when all my friends are alive in times like these. You know, so I want yeah. to pull together uh, uh, and, you know, four of my greatest friends that, that we talk, we laugh, we cry, we argue, we fuss, we right, fight, right. but the fight is off of the better solution. And we, we do a lot of great, great business together. I'm, I keep saying business and money because musicians that are looking on here, I don't believe you can have one without the other no more period it's and i'm all trying so to inspire to learn that so and we just like yo let's let's get kamasi involved because he the cat and that's my one of my best friends ninth wonder let's just do, let's just do the whole album with him because he's showing yeah, up he ain't yes. got no ego he's she's showing up to the gig yes you know ninth wonder he, people who don't know he's an incredible producer out of north carolina right he was with the group little brother yeah, yeah, Knife Wonder is a very important piece to black music and definitely yes. the chapter of hip hop by far. Yes, very careful. Yes. Yep. You know, so yeah, we and that was the whole thing, man. Let's do some music, but let's do some music that could be played. Mm. Right. All that solo and shit, kill that. Right. This is not about us in times right. like this. Right. This is not about us. George Floyd's children. These brothers' children. Right, right. These single mamas now. Right. This is not practice. This is not practice room music. This, yeah. Let's give them. Let's give them a power of music where people can have their own thoughts and write their own words to make it a better day. On let's not. No. And to me, the ultimate release of the ego is don't allow a musician to solo. You know what I'm saying? You want to get a mm. musician to solo. You want to feel the ego. Start a jazz big band and tell lead out so he can't play on these tunes. <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but it, it it was about just nobody showing off who they are in the That's business. That's the vibe. Yes. Voltron and soloing, soloing sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes soloing could be a gateway for a tiny ego. Right. And all, right. and all, and all, and all, and all musicians sometimes. You know, it's right. a gateway. 
We right. like the we like this. Ooh, spotlights on me. Yep, yep. So that album, I think what, what I what I, I know I, I was conscious of doing was removing the spotlight and getting a bigger spotlight that went past us and more yeah, on the message. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. and it is, man. It's a beautiful record. Deep, you, deep, deep grooves. You know what I mean? You, you can really get lost in this record. And just like you said, it's a nice snapshot of this time. You know, Kamasi, Robert, Ninth Wonder. You talked about the sound, you know, the personalities coming together yeah. in service of the sound. Man, it's a perfect document of that, man. It's a beautiful record. Yeah. It's Thank out right you, now. Everybody, that. everybody watching is out right now. Oh, and we'll have a link to it on our site. Yeah. And October 2nd or something like that. I gotta get the date, but we dropping the remix album. Oh, hey now. So, so we, right, got, man. we got all the vocals on the album so, now with Blau, oh. Lightning Corday, Snoop Dogg, Alex Isley. Wow, um, man. You know, Tank and the Bangers, uh yes. Buddy, um, Rap City, Herbie Hancock with Rap City on the record. Like, <laughs> wow, man. Like so, yes. you know, we got we we that that's coming out. I've been I've been working hard as hell. I tell y'all what, boy, dealing with them high celebrity clearances ain't no joke. <laughs> oh, I know a little bit about that, man. Yes. I know a little bit about that. <laughs> hey, 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 on, hey, on. That's when you realize Yo. who your friend. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Qu hey, immediately, quickly. Yeah. Quickly. Boy, when that lawyer say, um, I think we want this. Like, <laughs> but we just we were smoking weed saying we, we were cool on the phone, money. man. Yeah. Oh man. Excellent. Yeah, it oh. is out right now. People watching, go spin this record. Uh, it's unbelievable. What are you working yeah. on, Terrace? Anything? Um, so we got the remix coming out October second. Anything we can maybe look forward to on the horizon? Or are you just? Yeah, man. I know I'm you're always working, working on, man. I'm working. Uh, I got two artists that's featured on this next dinner party remix album. That's a beautiful artist by the name of Malaya, out of the okay. Detroit. By the way, I, I met her. Uh, um, I did a seminar at, at Harvard a year and a half ago, and she was one of the students there. And I just, I said, "You move to LA. I, I'm fucking with you." And you know, you can't tell a youngster that. Right. She was in LA four days later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but on your she, doorstep. Yep. She produces and plays, so you'll be hearing her. Malaya, she's on the record. Uh, and right then on. Alex Isley, which is the daughter of Ernie Isley, which is uh, one of wow. my favorite. She's a record producer, a musician, and a hell of a vocalist. And she's one of my favorite human beings in the world. And she's on this feature with Snoop Dogg as too. So right after this album. I'm already done with their album. Their album is coming out. And then in November, I come with the sounds of Crenshaw. Uh, the working title is Christmas, but I got different friends, different walks of life. So I got to figure out some other shit to say instead of just Chris. It got to be like Chris. I, I might, you know what I'm thinking about doing instead of a deep name? I might name the album every fucking holiday in a fucking all around <laughs> the whole shit. Yeah, just, man. I don't give a fuck. Just get together and stream this. That's kind of what I'm on. Celebrate this. It. Yes, and yes. Celebrate. Hey, T. Celebrate this. Celebrate hey, this. Maybe. Hey, man. Right. <laughs> you dig it? Hey, T. It's yours, What about man. the tracks with Uncle V? I got you. Oh. Hey. Hey, look. Hey, bitch. <laughs> Hey, hey, look, hey, look. This this my real uncle, bro. He don't give a fuck. If I got an artist in my, he gonna be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need you on the album, and we all gonna be right, like, right, right, right. Get his number, bro. You know yeah, man. Get him, get him, get him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Track, tracks for Uncle V coming up. Matter of shit, man. We we just record something together. Then stop playing. I'll hey, be you over. play bass. I'll be you play uh, bass? You don't want to hear me play bass. No, I'm a trumpet player. It's my main axe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Trumpet is my main axe, but the bass in the background. I'll play a little bit, but. Okay, Trumpet okay, is okay. the main axe. Okay, so Miles, okay. my guy. Woody is my guy. Clifford Brown is my guy. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. You know it, Freddie. Come on, man. Fre I, come on, man. I just got done listening <laughs> to. I just got done listening to some rehearsal tapes a friend of mine had with Woody Shaw and wow, Dick man. Lewis and Mogul Miller and yeah, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, and Carter Jefferson, man. You know Carter oh, Jefferson. Yeah. He's out the Carter Jefferson. A lot of cats will know about Carter, man. Carter was was Carter's a giant mean. genius. Do mean. not sleep. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. You know, it's it's a couple of sax players that I always tell people to dig into Carter Jefferson, and anything you can find by Renee McLean. That's Jackie's son. Son, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what? I like Bad, I like yeah. Billy. How about Billy Harper? Oh, I mean, come bad. on, man. Yeah. <laughs> now you know Billy Harper, Billy Pierce. These are cats. These Billy are cats Pierce? that are in my front page, man. My yes. front, especially Billy Pierce. Javon Jackson. Javon, come Javon on, man. Jackson. These cats yeah. are monsters, man. Yeah. Monsters. You know. Beautiful too, yeah. man. Well, you are too, Terrace. We appreciate you, man, so much man, coming just, on this hey, show. 
this has been amazing. This has been amazing. I, I, like I said, I've I, been spinning hey, the new record like crazy. Shit, we could do this once a week. Call me, baby. That's the plan, come man. On, Miles Jay, Monday. Anytime you want, Terrace. Anytime Miles you want. Miles Monday, come on. Miles Monday. You know, you're right around the corner, baby. I'll come get you. There you go. Man, we oh, you know what? I'm gonna call you today anyway because I'm on I'm this is public, but I'll call you today because we we need to get some Miles Davis stuff for this. I'm trying to put some Miles Davis stuff on this Corday record. And the drum I groove I sent you. Remember a while back? You said you're gonna I got it. it. I got okay. it. Okay. I got it. We'll talk after the after the show. Okay, after go. the show. Okay. There you go. Terrace, hey, man. See. An absolute pleasure talking with you, man. Really pleasure. Appreciate Everybody it. use hand sanitizer. Wear a fucking mask and go vote. Go Amen. fucking vote. Amen. And if you don't want to vote, go for the lesser evils. If you think both of them evil, go with who your mama going with. <laughs> but vote. <laughs> brothers, talking, really, brothers and sisters, go vote. We got to get this motherfucker out of here. I don't give a fuck if y'all don't like Biden, whatever. Nobody is worse than this motherfucker right now. Go vote. He don't care about you. He don't care about your mama. He don't care about your wife, your mistress, nobody. <laughs> you heard it here from Terrace Martin himself. Terrace, man. An absolute pleasure, man. We'll see you backstage. Back Me and I are going to sign off. Peace. Love see you, you later, Terrace. All right, man. Vince, man, thank you for her hooking that up. That was a pleasure talking to Terrace, dropping knowledge. And again, I don't know if you've been spinning that record as much as I have, but oh, dinner yeah. party, oh, yeah. Yeah. fire, fire. Yeah. Yeah, Great record. Yeah. So, and we obviously have a lot to look forward to coming up with Terrace Martin as well. But uh, yeah, man, Vince, who we got coming up on the show? We're going to be talking with Christian Br McBride next Monday, C the 14th. I call him, I call him C Mac from Philly. Philly, Philly. C Mac from Philly. He's going to be on the show the 14th. Yeah, going to be yeah. talking with Charles Tolliver, a beautiful trumpet player. Uh, he's coming up later in the month. And then yeah, September 28th. Yeah. That is the anniversary of Miles Davis the day he passed away. So we're gonna we're mm -hmm. trying to put together a trumpet summit. Let us know in the comments mm -hmm. as you watch this who you might want to see in that trumpet summit. We'll see mm -hmm. if uh, we can hook mm -hmm. it up. But you know, ain't nothing but a phone call. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Vince, man, thank you again for another wonderful Miles Monday. I appreciate it, man. It be you know I love you, man. Likewise, all the same Happy back to you, brother. To and it's my parents in heaven their wedding anniversary today. So I miss your mom and dad in heaven. That's right. And rest in peace to Gary Peacock. Sad we learned of his oh, passing. Oh, yes, 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 so yes. Rest in power yeah. to Gary Peacock. And uh, again, ha happy Labor Day to everyone watching. Vince, as always, it's been awesome. Yeah, Keep it coming, baby. So long, Where everyone. Where you mad? Where you mad? Where you mad? That's right.